Welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode 13 of season number two of the Grizz Weekly Grind. And right now, the Grizzlies are in Miami. They have a Monday night date with the Miami Heat, a very much injured Miami Heat team. No Bam Adebayo. He has a torn thumb ligament. He will not play. Not really sure if Jimmy Butler will play. He has been bothered by a tailbone contusion, so he may not play as well. And Markeith Morris, uh, still with a neck injury, he will definitely not play in tonight's ball game. Beautiful day in Miami. Sun is coming up over the water, and um, it's uh, kind of interesting to be on the road in a very warm weather destination in early December. Uh, one of the most unpleasant things about uh, the Grizzlies' travel yesterday is that the bus drivers had the uh, air conditioning in the buses upon our arrival set to subarctic. Uh, it was it was ridiculously freezing. It probably was close to 75 degrees when we landed, and then we got in the bus, and the bus, I think, was being chilled to about 60 degrees. Get to the uh, team hotel, and the rooms are all set to 65 degrees. I was colder in the hotel room here in Miami than I have been uh, in quite some time. Had to take a had to take a hot shower to get myself warmed up. Um, but such is life in Miami. Uh, on today's show, of course, we will start with that was the week that was, and I've got some PD's points for you because we're on the road and uh, game day today might be a little briefer than usual. No friend of the program. But uh, hopefully some uh, content that you will enjoy coming your way here on the Grizz Weekly Grind. Let's get it all started with that was the week that was, shall we? So the Grizzlies uh, last Thursday took on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, everybody knew that, you know, the Thunder uh, had had some issues. Uh, They were going to be missing some guys. Derek Favors out due to illness. Josh Giddy, the gifted Rookie was out with injury as well, and then literally as I was pulling into the parking lot uh, about two and a half hours prior to tip, I got a text that Shea Gilgis-Alexander had um, taken a couple of hard fouls the night before in a loss at Oklahoma City, and he had entered the NBA's concussion protocol, would not be available to play. Now, of course, Grizzlies already have some of their own injuries. Iair Williams is not available. John Morant, obviously not available. Kyle Anderson now out with a bad back. Uh, you figured that this could be kind of a kind of a strange game uh, because Oklahoma City basically had Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, and by and large uh, their G League team uh, on the floor. Uh, Mike Muscala, uh, really the only veteran uh, of this basketball team. So you knew that it, 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 it should be a blowout. It, it should be an easy win for the Grizzlies. That's what you're thinking going in, and you're hoping that the Grizzlies don't play down to the level of their opposition. Uh, Grizzlies most certainly did not do that. Grizzlies jumped out on Oklahoma City 31-16 in the first quarter. Thunder shot a whopping 22% in the first quarter, and it would have been an even bigger lead if the Grizzlies had not turned the ball over four times. Grizzlies, 18-4 paint points in the first quarter alone. Thunder couldn't finish around the rim. They hit just two of their 12 shots right at the front of the rim. Second quarter, Grizzlies continue to pour it on. They dropped 41 on the Thunder in the second quarter. It is a 72-36 halftime score. Tyus Jones with all 10 of his first half points uh, coming in the second quarter. DeAnthony Melton having himself a night to remember. In the first half, he went 7 of 7 from the floor, 3 for 3 from 3, 17 points, 
12 of his points coming in the second quarter alone. Leading scorer for the Thunder, as you might expect, was Lugens Dort. He had 10. Grizzlies had led by as many as 36 in that first half. Third quarter comes around. Grizzlies put up another 41 on the board. They get a dozen in the third quarter. Jaron Jackson Jr. taking his turn. Uh, 12 of his 27 coming in the third quarter. Grizzlies would build a 113-62 lead through three quarters. 55-point lead for the Grizzlies at that point. Lead would get even larger for the Grizzlies in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, the Grizzlies were playing everybody. You know, they 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 there were there was nobody else that they could bring in. I mean, they they played everybody. A franchise record nine players scored in double figures in this game. Jared Culver played the entire fourth quarter, most and and the latter stages of the third. He had eleven points. John Conchar was seventeen. Grizzlies go on to win it, one fifty two to seventy nine. Now, some of the records uh, we know about. Some of them we can't perfectly uh, address because the NBA did not keep play-by-play data uh, until about 1996-97. So we know that uh, the Grizzlies set a franchise record for most points in a game at 152. We know that they set a record by margin of victory, uh, 152-79. to We know that they set a margin of victory in uh, that way, the previous largest margin of victory in the NBA, Cleveland over Miami in 1991, it was 68. Grizzlies, of course, setting franchise records for points in a game, fields goal made, field goals made, field goal percentage, 625, 41 assists, bench points in a game. So this, for the second time in as many years, the Grizzlies bench had a game in which they outscored the opponent flat out. Grizzlies bench 93, Thunder 79. Uh, nine of the 12 active Grizzlies scored in double figures. Uh, you just went on and on and on, and it was an amazing performance by the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, this was the intersection of the Oklahoma City Thunder being less talented, being very, very undermanned, and the Grizzlies, despite the fact they were undermanned, they still had more talent on the floor. And Oklahoma City played about as poor a game as you could possibly imagine. Uh, there were a number of air balls that they offered up. They shot 33% for the game, 29% from three, turned it over 20 times. Uh, Grizzlies played one of their, their better games, as, as you would imagine. And what I was impressed about in this game is when Jaron Jackson Jr. did the walk-off interview with Rob Fisher, it wasn't like this was a big celebration uh, you would expect him to, uh, you know, be joking around a little bit. I mean, it's not every day you set an NBA record and put up 152 points on the board. You set all kinds of franchise records. But Jaron was very serious about all of it and said, you know, hey, look, it's a game. We want it. We need to move on to the next. And uh, he just displaying a very, very mature attitude when I think a lot of us, Maybe everybody except the players, uh, you know, we we're just kind of kind of laughing about, wow, what a game this was when the Grizzlies' uh, home crowd is chanting defense late in the fourth quarter because they want to hold the Thunder to fewer than 80 points. And I think somebody in the audience must have figured out that the Grizzlies were about to set a record for franchise and league uh, margin of victory. So that, that might have done something about it. But uh, just a night that you're never going to forget. Uh, 
Grizzlies leading by as many as 78 and winning 152-79 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. And oh, by the way, third consecutive wire-to-wire, true wire-to-wire, where the Grizzlies and Thunder weren't even tied. So uh, the Grizzlies becoming just the third team. Uh, Again, so long as play-by-play data has been had, which is since the 96-97 season, uh, Grizzlies become one of only two teams to have recorded three straight. You figure that things are going to get a little bit more difficult Saturday night in December, Saturday night in Dallas, as the Grizzlies take on the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Mavericks played the night before, shot very poorly, lost to New Orleans, but the game before that, they set a franchise record in field goal percentage in blowing out the Pelicans in New Orleans. So you figured, okay, well, things might be a little different. Uh, Then the news breaks that Chris Stapp's Porzingis is going to miss the game with a knee contusion. And also Luka Doncic is going to miss the game because of a sore ankle. They did an MRI on it and realized that, hey, we need to rest him a little bit. And so the Grizzlies were again going up against a very shorthanded Dallas team. But let's not forget, Grizzlies shorthanded as well. Still no job, Morant. First quarter of the game Saturday night in Dallas, Grizzlies get off to a good start, not a great start. Could have been a much better start because... The Grizzlies turned it over seven times in the first quarter. They held Dallas to 18 points on 32% shooting. That was the good news. The bad news, as I said, the fact that the Grizzlies turned it over seven times. DeAnthony Melton was seven points in the first quarter. Grizzlies led it 22-18 after one quarter. Second quarter, Grizzlies would expand their lead, outscoring Dallas 27-19, to lead at 49-37 at the break. Desmond Bain who played his college basketball at TCU, coming up with eight of his 13 points in the second quarter. Uh, At halftime, you had Jaron Jackson with eight, Tyus Jones with eight, DeAnthony Melton with eight as he continues his really good play. Dorian Finney-Smith was really the lone offensive threat for Dallas in the first half. He made three of five from three for a team-high nine points at that point. Tim Hardaway Jr., seven points off the bench, but you know that Tim Hardaway Jr. can can always explode. Didn't explode in the third quarter. Only had two points in the third quarter in about seven minutes of work. Um, the th- third quarter was really defined by Stephen Adams and his work on the offensive glass. He had four offensive rebounds in the third quarter. He had 11 rebounds for the game through three quarters. And the Grizzlies edged out a little bit further, leading 72-58. to 58. Uh, very balanced scoring by the Grizzlies. Only three bench points in that third quarter. Those coming from DeAnthony Melton. Dorian Finney-Smith hit another three to push his team high total to 12. Uh, but through three quarters, Grizzlies 49%, Dallas 29.5%. But still, you never really felt that this game had been put away. Grizzlies had led by as many as 17 through the first three quarters. But you knew this game just was not over. Those of us who have been around the NBA for any period of time, you know that uh, well, we've all seen Dallas come up with hot shooting quarters and uh, and pull out victories. Usually that involved Dirk Nowitzki. Well, uh, this night it almost involved Tim Hardaway Jr. Hardaway Jr. with 20 points in the fourth quarter. And this was a function, really, of the Grizzlies getting into team foul trouble very early in the fourth quarter. As Hardaway actually shot 10 free throws in the quarter, hurting the Dallas cause was the fact that he missed four of them in the quarter. But he finished with a game-high 29, and the Grizzlies able to seal this one as they get a big fourth quarter from Desmond Bain. 11 
of his career-high 29 points coming in the fourth quarter. Also racked up a career-high nine rebounds as well. Steven Adams, his second double-double of the season as well. And the Grizzlies get a very solid 16 points, seven assists, just one turnover from Tyus Jones. Grizzlies go on to win it 97-90. And once again, they go wire to wire, not even tied in this game. And so if you are using the Elias Sports Bureau's definition of a wire to wire, this was an NBA first. Uh, Grizzlies going four games without having been tied or having trailed in a game. If you take wire to wire to mean something else, uh, there's Dallas had a five-game run where they never trailed, but they had been tied in one or more of those games. So, depends how you defend deep, um, how you define, I should say, wire to wire. But the Grizzlies win it. They get to a season best game, a season best 13, three games over 500 at 13 and 10. Dallas is now 11 and 11. And guess what? The Grizzlies are leading the Southwest division and that was the week that was before we get to some pd's points we'll tell you that today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook you know football fans i know we all love an action-packed high-scoring nfl game those are really a lot of fun but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl you'll be a winner once a single point is scored have you ever heard of a zero zero tie New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their very first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPM this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now let's get to uh, some PD's points for this edition of the Grizz Weekly Grind. Um, number one, I just referenced the fact that the Grizzlies are leading the Southwest Division. Southwest Division uh, is not exactly what it used to be, uh, the way things are right now. The Grizzlies are leading the division, and you're looking at a San Antonio team that is struggling, a Houston team that is really just trying to develop more than compete. Dallas is middle of the road, and a lot of their success will be dependent upon Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic and whether or not they are available, which at the moment uh, they are not. Uh, and the New Orleans Pelicans, until Zion Williamson comes back, uh, they, they're, they're going to be kind of stuck in neutral as well. So the Grizzlies continue to uh, lead the Southwest Division, and uh, that's unusual for the Grizzlies. It'd be kind of cool if uh, they could go through and, and perhaps pull out a um, pull out a division championship. Uh, I don't know if they'd hang a banner or not, but right now, as we record this, Grizzlies are a game and a half clear of the Dallas Mavericks, and also uh, so far earning the head-to-head tiebreaker. Grizzlies. Uh, with an 11-5 and conference record as well, which is the best record 
among the Southwest Division teams in conference. Grizzlies have only played three division games. Dallas has already played eight. They're 6-2 and two in division. Uh, the other three teams, San Antonio, Houston, and the Pelicans, are all sub-500 in the division. <clears throat> so, Petey's point number two. Uh, we, we just had a little conversation about the wire-to-wire wins. And, look, it's impressive uh, to win four consecutive games, and the game's never tied. You never trail in a game. It's pretty impressive because – Everybody knows, and it is one of the oldest sayings in the NBA, ah, this team's going to make a run. Uh, It's a game of runs. The other team's always going to come back. And uh, to put up big leads and then to never surrender them uh, or even be tied in a game, it's a pretty good accomplishment for this Grizzlies team. Which leads me to the next PD's point, which is uh, the, the naysayers out there will point out that the Grizzlies have been playing injured teams. Certainly true. Uh, for Sacramento and over Sean Holmes uh, in that game. Uh, also true for um, Oklahoma City uh, because, like I said, it was basically the Oklahoma City Blue G League team with, with Lou Dort and Darius Baisley. Um, and then Dallas is, is missing key guys as well. Fact of the matter is, Grizzlies are missing key guys as well. I mean, you don't have Kyle Anderson for some of these games. You don't have John Morant for any of these games. Um Brandon Clark now is dealing with a knee issue. He did not play in Dallas. And so the Grizzlies are relying on their depth. And when you talked to Taylor Jenkins before the start of the season and you asked him, you know, what really is, is the best thing about this Grizzlies roster, it was it was the depth. They've, they've put together a lot of players. When you look at Jared Culver, who's a former high draft pick, is, is basically your 15th guy, uh, clearly you've, you've got some talent in reserve, and the Grizzlies have been able to draw on that. We've we've seen Santi Aldama uh, getting early minutes in Toronto. We saw him get early minutes really throughout because Zaire Williams is not available, Brandon Clark is not available, and he has played well. He's he's looked at moments like a rookie, but at other moments he's looked like he certainly belongs out there, and 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 doesn't doesn't look like the raw, confused rookie uh, that 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 some rookies are, quite frankly. Uh, Next, PD's point, this really is a case about this team banding together. Um, You know, again, the cynics are going to say, well, are you better without John Morant? No, you're not better without John Morant. But what the situation has done is it has forced this group to really lock in, particularly on the defensive end. Um, They are better at the point of attack. Uh, They are better defensively. They're more coordinated. They're more communicative. They're more on a string. Than they have been all season, and after having three of the worst defensive performances in Taylor Jenkins' tenure, they've come up with some of the best defensive performances in the Taylor Jenkins' tenure in this four-game streak. Again, teams are shorthanded. Yeah, get that, but still, you got to go out there and you got to play the game. How many times have fans complained, whether it's about the Grizzlies or or their own team, that they play down to the level of their competition? The Grizzlies have not played down to the level of their competition. Uh, to this point, and and that to me is is particularly gratifying, that they have banded together and they have been so focused on themselves and less concerned about their opponent, less concerned about their opponent's injuries, less concerned about their opponent's shortcomings, and so they have simply gone out and and they've handled their business in a in a very very impressive fashion. Next, PD's point. 
look, I don't care about the other teams and whether they're injured or not. You have to stack wins. When you can get wins, however you get them, you have to get them because wins are going to equate to seeding position at the end of the season. The holy grail right now in the NBA is no longer the eighth seed. The holy grail in the NBA is now the sixth seed, so you can avoid the play-in tournament. That's what everybody is is playing for at this point. And look, Grizzlies, you know, you're, you're still going to have to play some really, really tough teams down the stretch, and we've got a long way to go. I mean, we've played 23 games in an 82-game season. There's a lot of basketball left. So you got to stack wins when you can. When you are playing a team that is shorthanded, and Miami is shorthanded tonight. You have to you have to take care of business. You have to handle your business. You cannot worry about the other team, what their injury situation might be, what their situation might be at all. Know your personnel, know your game plan, lock into your game plan, execute your game plan, have good game plan discipline, and you give yourself a chance to win. And that's what the Grizzlies are doing right now. And that's what's really impressive because still, you look at this basketball team, and it is, by average age, the second youngest team in the NBA. And they are pulling this off despite not having John Morant on the floor. What this will all mean when Ja comes back, <clears throat> that's another topic for another day. I think it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how uh, he works his way back into this lineup with this team. And, and again, uh, Taylor Jenkins keeps talking about a timeline, but there's been no timeline publicly mentioned. Uh, they, they have one, I guess, in their mind, but uh, they've not disclosed one to anybody else. So when he comes back, I don't know. We know that he's out for the Miami game. Hopefully he'll be back uh, next week. Uh, or later this week uh, when the Grizzlies come home. Like I said, hopefully this is a blueprint that the Grizzlies now understand how they need to play the game, and uh, and they can continue to uh, follow this blueprint with good game planning, good game plan discipline, good attention to detail, uh, and and they're shooting the ball well. I mean that's that's another piece of it. And if you don't if you're not shooting the ball well, you're not going to win many basketball games. So uh, the week ahead for the Grizzlies. As, we're, as long as we're talking about John Morant potentially coming back, uh, <clears throat> it's going to be tough because you're going to have three and four nights. You've got Dallas on Wednesday at FedEx Forum, then the Lakers on Thursday, Friday you have off, and then on Saturday you have the really big night. And it's not just because the Houston Rockets are coming in. It's because it's the retirement of Zach Randolph's number 50. Uh, that ceremony, by the way, will take place after the game. The Grizzlies are going to take a page from what the um, San Antonio Spurs did a few years ago with Tony Parker. Rather than try to shoehorn it in during halftime, uh, the Grizzlies have decided to do it after the game against Houston. And uh, if you are not able to be in the building, the Jersey retirement ceremony will basically be uh, the Grizzlies live postgame show on Bally Sports Southeast. So if you can't be in the building, you will not miss out. You will have the opportunity to see the retirement ceremony uh, on television live as it happens. The other thing, too, that uh, we need to mention about Zach Randolph's retirement that's coming up, um, Mike Blevins, who does an amazing job with the Grizzlies in terms of shooting, editing, producing video. Uh, I mean, he's he's worked with the Bears, the 49ers, LSU. He's worked all over professional sports and college sports. Does an amazing job. He has put together a documentary, 50 for the City. It's all about Zach Randolph. Talked to a ton of people. 
they were able to get Chris Paul. They were able to get Doris Burke. Uh, Brevin and I were interviewed for it. Lionel Hollins was interviewed for it. Uh, the premiere of the documentary actually took place on Sunday night uh, in Memphis, and it will be released on Tuesday on YouTube. So be looking for that. You can see the notices, I'm sure, on social media about uh, the release of that documentary. And it's, uh, the, I, I've, like I said, I've not seen it. <clears throat> I was interviewed for it. Uh, but the reviews that I'm, I'm seeing from the season ticket holders who saw it, uh, saw the debut on Sunday night, they are all very, very excited about it. And uh, so I'm excited to see it as well. And uh, tomorrow will be the day for that. Well, that is a wrap for this abbreviated version of the Grizz Weekly Grind, Season 2, Episode 13, brought to you today by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, again, Grizzlies in Miami, and the sun continues to rise over the water here uh, in Miami, and we will have tonight's game. Grizzlies will be taking on the heat. It will be 6 o'clock for Grizzlies Live, presented by Ford New Mid-South Ford Dealers on Bally Sports Southeast, and then a 6.30 tip as the Grizzlies trying to beat the Miami Heat. Heat won the earlier game between these two teams. They went wire to wire in that game, and the final score there was 129-103. to 103. Jimmy Butler had 27 points in that game, uh, and... Miami shot 52% from the floor. Grizzlies just 39% from the floor. Grizzlies will try to flip that script tonight and uh, make it a five-game winning streak. See if they can go to wire, wire to wire a fifth consecutive time. Again, that's all the time we've got for the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 